Hey guys, it's your host, Jumi Moses, and welcome to Award to the Wise, a weekly podcast where I drop some knowledge and tips on how to combat obstacles in your life and become the best version of yourself. I also discuss ways to develop compassion, empathy, and growth in the direction of love and acceptance for all. I promise you, it's positive vibes only. I've been holding on to pieces, swimming in the deep end, trying to find my way back to you, cause I'm needing a little bit of love. Lately I've been counting stars And I'm sorry that I broke your heart It's something that I didn't want for you But I'm stepping on broken glass And I know this is my final choice All I'm trying to do is find my path to you I got voices in my head and there's a definite silence I got voices in my head and I can lie I've been holding on to pieces Swimming in the deep end Trying to find my way back to you Cause I've needed a little bit of love Hey guys, welcome back to the Award to the Wise podcast. You were just listening to the song of the week, which is A Little Bit of Love, or Little Bit of Love actually, by Tom Grennan. I'm going to be leaving those details in the show notes should you want to check it out after listening to today's episode. So have you ever thought about self-worth and how that ties into, I don't know, being extraordinary at the things you do or the career that you choose? Well, I'm going to be exploring that in today's episode with my guest, Christine Baird. And a little bit about Christine. She's a podcast maven who has worked with today's top self-development influencers in creating their massive impact. In what she calls a classic millennial move, she faced a quarter-life crisis and did a career pivot from corporate sales into global impact podcasting as she took on the producer role for Lewis Ho's School of Greatness podcast. And over four years, she grew his top-ranked show to over 80 million downloads and gained an extraordinary education from the most successful people in the world, transforming her career, her relationships, and her lifestyle. Her new job put self-worth into the center of her attention. She gained many off-camera insights from the highly influential thought leaders she met on a daily basis. This set her on an ongoing journey to explore what it means to own our worth. The journey transcended the job, and three years later, she launched her podcast, The Worthful Project, in which she explores lifestyles, mindsets, and conversations about self-worth, inherent worth, creative worth, and so much more. Today, Christine is the owner of Worthful Media, which is a boutique media agency where she teaches personal development leaders how to make podcasts a core part of serving their audiences from a place of worth. She also co-hosts a podcast around all things podcast production. Think like a producer with her friend Tiff Tyler. And I'm so excited to talk to Christine today because I want to dive deeper into why she made a career change from corporate sales to podcast production. We also discuss self-worth, 
what she learned from some of the most successful people in the world. And most specifically, I asked her for her definition of self-worth and how it differs from self-esteem or self-love. We also talk about how we can bring self-worth into our jobs and our careers and why it's important to have a buddy call. More on that in today's episode and much more. So here is my conversation with Christine. What made you go from corporate sales to like to do like a complete 180 with your career and start, you know, podcast production, content strategy, and just advising people on how to grow their podcasts and become better podcasters in general? I have a classic millennial tale. I mean, anyone in my generation will giggle at this, but I had a totally normal life. I like went to school, got good grades, went to college, graduated, got a corporate job. Everything was normal. And then about six years into my corporate job, I was really starting to feel burned out. I was in corporate sales, like selling insurance. It was the least glamorous, but super stable. <laughs> and I had, this was back in like 2013. And I had started listening to podcasts, kind of the early days of the revival of podcasts. A friend had turned me on to them. And they were like self-development, entrepreneurship, wellness. I was completely captivated. Like I couldn't stop listening. I would listen to them on my commutes, on my, like when I'd run, when I'd cook all the time. And after about a year of listening to these podcasts, I had a total quarter life crisis and was like, one day I woke up and I was like, I am not going to work in corporate anymore. And I didn't even know what that meant because I was already in a career transition. I thought I wanted to be an interior designer. So I'd just gone back to school, gotten a second degree. I was like, okay, I'm going to go do the design thing. I was about to finish this degree. And I just had this a moment. I was like, no, there's a different way. And long story short, I cold emailed the host of one of these shows that I'd been listening to called The School of Greatness. The host's name was Lewis Howes. And back in 20, this was 2014 by now. It wasn't that big of a deal yet. It's a pretty big show now. But back then it was like, you know, I was the only one who'd heard of it. And lo and behold, he responded. And I somehow convinced him to hire me. And I ended up learning how to edit podcasts by working on the show that had inspired me to kind of take the leap and do something different. And so fast forward four years later, I'd moved to Los Angeles, ended up becoming the producer of this show. It had grown tremendously. It had become this huge YouTube channel and all these incredible people. It had been such an extraordinary experience, really like drinking from a fire hose. And that was how that happened. It was so unplanned. There was no roadmap. I was underqualified, didn't have like a savings account backup plan. And now, you know, it's been three years ago, I stepped away from producing that show, moved from Los Angeles and started my own boutique agency where I, you know, consult and help many different people launch their shows. So that's the story. It's so funny to me when I tell it, because I'm like, have you never heard a more classic, like millennial trying to find her purpose? But in the end, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid and look where it got me. I'm, you know, creating an entirely different kind of life and it really does feel meaningful and I'm very grateful. Yeah, that's super important. I actually got like a little bit of goosebumps when you were talking because I got into podcasting for almost like the same way you did. And I think it was, I think it was more like 2017, 2017. Uh And I remember I was talking to one of my friends and he was like, yo, there's this new podcast that just dropped. And I was like, what's a podcast? What is that? And he's like, oh, you need to listen to it. 
So I started listening to it and it was just more like a banter podcast. But then I soon started discovering um, like the Apple podcast app that yep. was on the, our iPhones for like yes. ever. And like I never clicked on that purple app. So I finally clicked on it and I started I discovered this whole like library of podcasts and it was really instrumental in like my self-growth it was almost like I was listening to these podcasts on like society and culture just regular banter podcasts lifestyle podcasts and they were kind of like really therapeutic for me and I fell in love like you literally fell in love and I decided to start my own podcast 2020 when the pandemic hit because like you I'm like oh what's my purpose what am I being called to and I just have such a huge passion for it. So when you were talking, I was just like, yeah, I definitely see um, parts of myself in you as well. And I know that what you also talk about is this whole idea of self-worth and how that's really foundational in the work that you do, because just making such a huge career change like that is extremely brave (laughs) and really gutsy. And I don't know if I have that type of guts to just kind of like leave my comfort zone completely because I know that must have been hard especially financially but can you just talk to me a little bit about self-worth and how that tied into your decision to sort of make this career pivot yeah that's absolutely at the core of it and I didn't know that at first like it's definitely been over the last you know eight years that I've kind of come to an awareness that the thing that gave me the courage the, the thing that keeps me going I certainly don't have it all figured out as you said there are many days where I crave the comfort of my corporate job even seven years later but as the years progressed I was in a pretty extraordinary situation as producer of this show I was on a weekly, sometimes daily basis in the presence and in the company of really extraordinary people. The, the the name of the show, as you can tell, The School of Greatness, it attracted sort of greatness as its guest. So it was celebrities, Olympians, best-selling authors, billionaires, like really extraordinary people. And as the producer, I would be in the studio, I'd be greeting these people, I'd be chit-chatting with them before the recording, I'd be sitting in, you know, during the recordings and then kind of after And so I would have a chance to really hear sort of the off-camera conversations of these extraordinary individuals. And over time, you know, you hear enough of these, as you know, being a podcaster, you hear enough stories, you start to see the through line. And I was like, you know, something that is common between every person who ends up on this show because of their extraordinary achievements is that they own their worth. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they don't have issues. Everybody got issues. If you've ever wondered a celebrity struggle, <laughs> they do. They're just like us 100% of the time. But I realized the difference between people who struggled and just, you know, like most of us trying to figure it out and people who really do something extraordinary was people who've learned to own their worth. And and over time, I was doing a lot of my own work. I was, you know, taking a bunch of courses, going to a lot of trainings, therapy, all coaches, all, all whole nine yards. And I started to get the same feedback and it was consistent. It was like, Christine, if you just owned your worth, if you just owned your worth. And so over time, I started to put these pieces together. And like you, I started my own podcast back in 2017. I called it Worthful Project. And it was really my own journey to kind of document my own journey to learn what does it mean to own my worth? What happens when I do? And how can we teach and inspire other people to do it? And so I came up with this idea that we're already always full 
of worth. And this is the kind of worth that has nothing to do with results, right? We're not talking about your net worth or like your worth on your resume or any of that. This is totally independent of results. And it was this worth that I didn't really have a better word for. So I just came up with worthful, this, this innate kind, like we come into the world with it. We leave the world with it. Like you can't take away from it. You can't add to it. I started to realize like, this is the through line of these extraordinary people. They've learned to own that innate worth. And so as I've kind of progressed to this new chapter of my life, even on my roughest days, even in my moments of greatest self-doubt, I'm like, what on earth was I doing? Thinking I could like become an entrepreneur, run my own business, you know, have clients who are like these super successful people. I was like, well, I'm just as full of worth as the next person. Like, there's really no difference here. It's in the concept and and how I own it on a day-to-day basis. And so that's where my passion for self-worth comes from. It's definitely a journey I'm in the middle of, but I've I've kind of attuned my ears and eyes to be hyper aware when people start to talk about worth. And I keep noticing it everywhere. There is something to different about when people bring worth into the conversation and they're talking about this worthful kind of worth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they've got it. Like they've owned their worth and that's why they're doing what they're doing. So I don't know if that was quite the answer you were looking for. No, that was perfect. I think, I think the whole idea of self-worth is such a, um, it's such a common word, but it's not something people talk about a lot. Or maybe they, they do in different ways. Like people talk about self-love um, and all that stuff and self-care. And I kind of all think they're part of this like larger story about like, how do I really, how do I, you know, stay proud of myself even when I'm not the best version of myself or as I'm working towards being the best version of myself, how do I stay confident? So I'm curious how you would define self-worth because Mm. when I think of self-worth, you know, I think of like self-esteem. So would you think, do you think the same or do you have like a more um, in-depth definition of self-worth? Great question. I have thought a lot about this. I mean, I'm always learning. And I think there maybe is a slight distinguishment between self-worth and self-esteem. They're very close. Self-esteem, in my mind, is kind of the regard we hold ourselves in, kind of comparative to our circumstances, right? It's like, well, I know what I'm going through. I know what I can bring to the table. I respect myself. I think a lot about self-esteem is self-respect. Like, I understand what I've got to work with. I understand what I offer you know, I can respect myself. Self-worth, I think, is a kind of layer deeper. It kind of gets into that really tender, really vulnerable, really childlike zone where we remember and we sort of realize, oh yeah, when I was a kid, like kind of my earliest memories for most of us, I loved myself and I appreciated myself and I valued myself literally independent of any kind of like results or merit, right? Sort of that that time before we could perform, before we could prove, we had an understanding of our own worth and of others' worth, right? I really think children are the teachers here. I often like when I'm, I'm around like my nieces and nephews or my friend's kids, I'm always like kind of not in a weird way, but I'm like so quietly observing them. And I'm like, wow, they get it because I really do believe that like we come into this world with an innate understanding of how 
full of worth we are and every other human. And then over time, we have all these experiences that kind of erodes that and distracts us and breaks us down. We all go through stuff. So self-worth to me is like a very deep self-love. It's a very deep appreciation for who we are at the core. And we see that mirrored back in everyone around us. So that to me is kind of my working definition of self-worth. And I'm constantly learning more. I don't think it's like a fixed definition. I keep kind of finding new layers to it. So that's the current version, but I mean, maybe in a year I'll have another one. That's a great version. And and I think you touched on a very important point. I think it's a lifelong journey. And obviously the definition is going to take different shapes depending on where you are in your life. Um, But you said something that really stuck out to me relating to like not feeling like you have to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I think as we get older, we, you know, we have all these expectations from society and then we also create expectations for ourselves. And I think we tend to get in our own heads. And sometimes, funny enough, we can be our harshest critics um, and really, you know, devalue ourselves when nobody else is really devaluing us and just feeling like we're not yeah. good enough. So I know that you're on this journey, but I just wonder, you know, how can people who are struggling to find their self-worth, how can they start on that journey? What what tips do you have for them to kind of mm. find their self-worth? I love that because one of the things that I've learned so far is we don't find our self-worth. We don't like discover it. We remember it. And it took me a while to understand that. I used to say the same thing. I was like, oh, I'm on a journey to, you know, learn my self-worth or I can't remember what I'd say. But over time, I was like, no, Christine, it's a remembering. Like this whole concept is built on the idea that I I came into the world knowing this. And if you believe in like, you know, we existed before, maybe or a past life or something, like it might already be, you know, it's like embedded in our system. And so that's really helped me. And it, hopefully it'll help anyone listening who's like, oh my gosh, these you guys, I'm light years from owning my worth. I get it. I mean, I've had some pretty, some pretty low self-worth moments, but I think that's a key to start. It's about remembering what we already know. And that takes some time. (laughs) Usually if it's hard to even wrap your head around this concept right now, the first step is to be really kind to yourself, really compassionate and start to just very slowly as you're ready, kind of dig deep and start to let yourself unpack. Like what has made me forget how worthful I felt when I was a kid or, you know, kind of your happiest memories. If you can go back into the early days, what has blocked me from that? And oftentimes it's not going to be pretty, right? This is where the pains, the traumas, the disappointments, the heartbreaks are going to come up. Kind of those, those difficult moments we've all faced. And I think that's where we can start is say, it's okay to go back in here and start to unpack and realize like, oh yeah, that story I made up when I was such and such age. And I got that feedback from my parent, my teacher, my coach, um, when that really, really rough things happened and I decided it was my fault. And that's, I think, a starting place because then it's a matter of not having to like climb Mount Everest by like learning some, you know, Nirvana kind of concept it's like, oh, okay, if I know I knew this at one time, how can I kind of trace my steps back? So 
I would start there and and just, like I said, be super kind to yourself because likely it's not some tough stuff is going to come up. You might need to have some good cries. You might need to do some journaling. But every time I've ever worked with, you know, a coach or read a book or listened to a podcast that got me kind of a step closer, it always kind of allowed me to say, hey, it's okay that I've forgotten some of these parts of myself. Like, I don't need to judge that I've done that. But this is where the remembering begins. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, I think a lot of times we take ourselves for granted because it's we feel like it's ourselves. We should know ourselves and people don't really spend a lot of time studying themselves and kind of grounding into themselves and trying to figure out who they really are at their core and just remembering themselves when they were younger without all these inhibitions and like you know, (laughs) like negative thoughts in their heads about who they are supposed to be or who they're not. So you you make a great, great point. So just to um, kind of bring it full circle from what we were talking about at the beginning when you made that career change. Um, So how do you advise people to bring self-worth into their jobs or as they're trying to navigate a new career or make a big change like you did and completely, you know, leave the corporate life and become an entrepreneur? I call it worthful work, mostly because it's a good alliteration. (laughs) But to me, this is so foundational. Like pretty much the last few years, this is what I've been focusing on. Like, how do I own my worth in my career? Because at this point, I'm a full-on entrepreneur. Like nobody's telling me what to do. It's up to me to bring in the money. And it. I think some basic steps for what I call kind of a worthful work or a way to work worthfully, if that makes more sense, is decide what your greatest gifts are. Like, what do you really know in your core? Like, I'm good at this. And start to build a job or career or a business, whatever. I don't think everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. So this can totally happen within the context of your current job or career. Start to build out, like, how can I do more of that? Because if we're talking in reality, like we feel better about ourselves when we do things we're good at, when we feel confident and confidence comes from practice, from repeatedly doing something to actually build real skill in it. So I think that's a huge piece is like really let yourself kind of, if you need to, you know, take a weekend or go to a new environment and do sort of a self inventory and be like, what am I actually really good at? For me, what this looked like kind of when I was making that big shift. I had been in sales for years, you know, working in a cubicle on a big sales floor with a bunch of sales guys. And I was like, okay at it. And everybody liked me because I was like friendly, but I wasn't like, I was not getting the top sales numbers. Like I was just sort of getting along. So it was pretty obvious, like selling insurance was not my special gift. And I did, I started to think when I would listen to these podcasts, as I would go on like a run or be commuting, I would hear people who were doing what they were really, really good at. It's like, wow, what am I really, really good at? So that's a great starting point because it might mean you're already in a great career and it's just move on to step two, or it might be really relative or revelatory to you. And you might be like, whoa, oh my gosh, I forgot how good I am at, I don't know, I'm making stuff up here, listening to people, leading teams, um, creating something from nothing, following instructions, you know, like organizing stuff. So then I'd I'd say that's step one. And for me, that was realizing like, you know, I'm really good at relationship building and I'm really good at listening and talking. 
which I know sounds funny and basic, but like, those are some of my best qualities. Like, sure, I'm organized and I'm responsible, but I'm really good at listening. I'm really good at communicating and I'm really good in relationships. And, you know, in insurance sales, it felt just kind of like a robot. <laughs> I was just like, pick up the phone every day. And it's like, I don't think this is really putting my like skills to use. So then I'd say step two, and this is again, just kind of what I learned along the way. I wouldn't uh, say that, <laughs> wouldn't say this is, um, you know, an academic structure, but I think step two is starting to get really curious about what lights you up, meaning what excites you, what fills you with energy and joy and ideas. Um, something I noticed early on in my process of kind of making this transition was like listening to podcasts and running like it was like a bliss. Like I would get into this like flow zone and sitting at my cubicle selling insurance did not do that. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's something about this podcast thing. That's like very energetic for me. Like there's a lot of energy. I feel filled with ideas, like sparking constantly. I have a ton of energy, even if I just ran. So I'd say that's step two, start to notice what fills you up and then kind of on the other side, what drains you. And then step three, once you've kind of got some of these ideas, I would say look for opportunities that really excite you. And that might mean they scare you a little, like they seem a little audacious. But I really believe like if we're going to work like we own our worth, it's going to, as you said earlier, Jimmy, like it's going to push us out of our comfort zone. So probably the thing that you are going to be really good at that is going to be an amazing, worthful work situation is going to be something that feels a little out of your comfort zone or potentially a lot out of your comfort zone. But if you think about what you're good at and you think about what lights you up, those are going to be really good kind of green lights. Like, well, then go to the opportunity that excites you. So for me, I can assure you, I had never in my life sent a cold email to like what I considered at the time, like a big wig. Like that is totally not me. I've, I'd never done it before. It was terrifying, but I was so excited at the thought that like potentially I could connect with this podcast host and I had no idea. I was like, I don't know, ask him for advice. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to end up asking him for a job. I just, I, it was terrifying. And it was exciting. And so I sent it. And that was the beginning. So that's where I would start. And that's mostly based on my own experience. But over the years, as I've talked to different friends and kind of, yeah, again, heard a lot of people tell their stories of how they got into what they do, where they're clearly owning their worth and their work. It started with those keys of like, well, what am I actually good at? And what excites me? And then what's an opportunity that really excites me? And and usually that involves the facing a little bit of fear and doing it anyway. No, that's a good point. Fear is, ugh, that definitely restricts a lot of people from going for what they want. But I wanted to say something that, um, I wanted to address something that you had mentioned regarding like the skills that you have, which is relationship building, talking and listening. And honestly, do not underestimate those skills or the, the things that light you up. I think a lot of times people are looking for things that they're good at to be like out of this world, whether they're like phenomenal singers or they're just like geniuses like Albert Einstein or something. And sometimes the things that we're really good at and people consider them quote unquote soft skills, um, people are scared to 
like pursue that because they're like, oh, well, how am I going to, what job am I going to find because I'm a great listener, you know? So they devalue that skill set, which is, I would not recommend that they do that. And you also mentioned something important is that not everybody's destined to be an entrepreneur. You might have a wonderful skill where you're a great leader and like you enjoy the job that you do. So continue being a great leader to your team or probably look for, you know, higher leadership roles, depending on, you know, what you're currently doing. I know that for me, some of my skills, not skills, but the things that light me up, I love having conversations with people, um, especially about new ideas or new concepts, usually related to like self-growth, spirituality and stuff like that. Just like really, really deep conversations. I don't like small talk. So um, I really, really enjoy doing um, having those type of conversations. And I and I think I'm a good listener as well. So, you know, hence why I decided to start a, my own podcast and I really, really enjoy it. So, yeah, totally agree with everything um, that you said. So. I have another question and this might be going off topic a little bit, but just on the idea of entrepreneurship, what have been some of the difficult times for you and what have been some of the best times you've experienced being an entrepreneur? I love this question because I know you want the real answer. And these interviews, literally the conversation we're having right now are the ones that have gotten me through when I've heard other entrepreneurs talk about the highs and lows. I'm like, I literally hold on to those like lifelines. So thank you for asking because hopefully anything I can say could maybe be a lifeline to someone listening just for a day or a week or whatever. I think the low points are absolutely the self-doubt because as we know, we live in a world where it's never been easier to compare ourselves to each other or the perception of what we are, thanks to social media, thanks to kind of this glamorous um, lifestyle that's easily promoted. So I think my lowest points have been really, you know, rock bottom. Like, who do you think you are, Christine? Like, sure, people think you're successful. Sure, you have like these, you know, cool clients or whatever. And I'm like, I know my what my bank account looks like. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm not that successful. And so I think those have been the big, especially maybe in the context for me, where it's not just people on social media. I actually I actually get to work with some really awesome people. And as a consequence, a lot of my friends are really successful, like really extraordinary people. So I think the self-doubt has absolutely kind of been the theme of my lowest moments being like, and this is no surprise as anyone listening could agree, that self-worth is my greatest journey because it's a constant practice for me to be like, Christine, it doesn't matter what your results are right now. You are every bit as full of worth as your friend, your client, your icon, whatever. And right now you're in a chapter of learning. Like learning is what we're here for. So if I'm to put like tangibles on it, my moments of self-doubt that are low is when like, yeah, I don't have the money yet that I think I should have. I don't close the client that I was hoping for. Um, maybe when I haven't been able to scale as quickly as maybe some of my friends or my peers. And I'm like, shoot, what's wrong with me? Like, maybe I don't have as good, a, as good of an offering. And then on the flip side, I think my highest moments and my most beautiful moments of entrepreneurship is when almost the same situation, but a different perspective has happened when I've been able to support someone in launching an amazing show. And they've given me just like incredible feedback telling me how much they appreciate 
how deeply they respect my knowledge or my expertise, how thoughtful, you know, I've been working with them. And it's, it's right. It's like almost the same thing. It's like in my head, I might've been like, oh gosh, who am I? They could have hired anyone when really the feedback is like, this was extraordinary. I'm so grateful. I love working with you like a thousand things. Um, that's definitely some of my highest moments. And then I think some of the others are when, as you know, hindsight being 2020, it's like a year will pass and I'll look back with perspective and be like, wow, a year ago, Christine would be so impressed and so proud of me right now because of all the things that I did this last year inside my own mind, inside my own heart for the hard moments I got through, for the times when I dug deep and I did my own worthful, you know, <laughs> gave myself my own medicine and kept going. Like she would be so proud. I'm just in awe of what, you know, I got through this last year or the milestones I achieved. I think those are some of those beautiful moments as an entrepreneur, because like I kind of mentioned earlier, (laughs) the difference between running your own business and being an employee is you create everything (laughs) when you're, so if there's something to have happened in the business, like it's me, you know, who created it and that's really profound. And I've learned to build in um, regular moments of celebration definitely learned this from coaches and friends. Like it's so important for me to celebrate my small wins on a regular basis so that I actually have in my head the reality of how well I am doing versus just focusing on what I haven't accomplished yet. So I think it's it's an interesting world. I definitely have my days where I'm like, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm a good entrepreneur, but I wouldn't say I've made it big yet. And then other days where I'm like, wow. I am really well built for this and what a privilege it is to share, you know, the experiences and the gifts I've been given. Like I can't think of doing anything else. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. I I really like what you said about um, regular moments of celebration, like the little wins. And a lot of times we tend to put a lot of emphasis on material wins, like things that we can measure and we can see and the inner work um, is often overlooked because we can't see it. It's not tangible. We can't touch it. But I think it's really important that you highlighted that because I was actually going to ask you as an entrepreneur, do you give yourself moments of, you know, breaks and mm-hmm. you know, to have self-care? Because I know, you know, when you're working for a company, it's like, make sure you take your PTO, work yeah. on your mental health and take some time off. But as an entrepreneur, where it's like, you're the CEO, you're the marketing person, you're everything at, you know, at once. Do you give yourself moments to, you know, step away a little bit and just take some time to regroup and get yourself? Yeah, it's so essential. You're spot on. And it's become for me like an absolute non-negotiable. It's sort of over the years, I wouldn't say I figured it out all right away. But at this point, my weekends are my evenings are like completely off limits for work. I've just learned over time. I'm like, I do my best work kind of like Monday through Wednesday. <laughs> so if I really need to get anything done, it's got to happen kind of early in the week. And as the week progresses, I'm less and less, you know, mentally available. And then by the time Friday afternoon rolls around, I'm like, it's time to recharge. So I, that's one of the things I'm most proud of. I've really placed like wellness and 
living a life I actually enjoy at the top of the priority chain. I'm like, it is totally fine with me if it takes me a few more years to, you know, hit a certain milestone with revenue or something, If I, as long as I'm enjoying my day-to-day. So weekends and evenings have become totally off limits for work and non-negotiable. Um, something else that's been really amazing that I recommend to anyone is about three, oh gosh, it's probably been four years now. A good friend and I started a weekly, we call it a buddy call. And so every single week we have a check-in call and we review all of our goals from the past week. So it includes like business, health, relationship, whatever is a priority. And then we celebrate on the call what we accomplished. And then we talk about our goals for the next week. And the point of the call is accountability. Like she's literally my buddy. Like that's what we call ourselves. And it's so that we can practice celebrating the little wins and celebrating like, you know, the, the beautiful divine interventions and like the abundance and the mercies and the graces and the, all these beautiful things. And we've been doing this for at least four years. And it is one of the most profound habits in my life because at this point, like we don't mess around, like we don't miss this call unless it's like a really you know, obvious reason. And we show up on time and we like go through it and it's become invaluable to both of us because we're both entrepreneurs. And we realize like, if we don't do this weekly, it will absolutely like, you know, take us down. We'll like forget we're doing anything. And we're honest on this call. I mean, we talk about the stuff that isn't going well. We sometimes we cry, like whatever needs to happen, but it's been one of the best things that could have ever happened. And so If you're wondering a habit you can kind of incorporate if you're in this sort of entrepreneurial stage, I absolutely recommend setting up a buddy call with a trusted good friend and and honoring it. Like, don't skip that thing because that is really powerful to give you perspective. Make sure you're keeping your priorities in balance um, and get feedback from a trusted friend on a regular basis. You know, we give each other the feedback. You're like, hey, it sounds like you're a little... uh, stressed about this. Let's take a minute. What would you do if you, what if you do if you weren't stressed? What would the decision, you know? So I think that's been powerful to have sort of a weekly break. And then, yeah, my nights and weekends are huge. Um, I definitely value vacations. That's one of the perks of uh, entrepreneur life, in my opinion, <laughs> the way I do business is unlimited PTO. Um, and and that to me makes it all worth it. Like all the stress and the hard times I'm like, the blessing is that I can truly turn off work when I need to. And that's been really a huge part of the business I've tried to build is one that I can truly like sit down and pick up. I never want my business to like demand more of me than I'm willing to give it. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't care. I don't need more money. I don't need more glamour. I just want to do good work and make sure that the lifestyle I value, you know, it comes first and, and I'll take the slow road and I'll be okay with that. Well, that is so refreshing to hear because I don't think a lot of people say that. It's very, um, I'm an entrepreneur and I have to get these numbers and I have to win at this certain time or have this level of revenue or recognition at a certain time. And if I don't, then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So it's really refreshing to hear you prioritize your well-being because how will you run a successful business if you're not mentally healthy? Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and to your point, I totally get you on the same page. I don't hear a lot of entrepreneurs talk this way. And it's taken me a long time to kind of find the voices that are speaking this way and for me to really like tune into them. Um, like I said, I've had the opportunity to meet some very extraordinary entrepreneurs, like you know, top in the world, Tony Robbins, whoever. Like yeah. I've so like you said, <laughs> there's a lot of similar advice given amongst them. And it's taken me years to be like, I appreciate that, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. And I think the way I actually thrive is this way. I was telling my good friend who she and I co-host a podcast teaching people how to podcast. Um, I was telling her this morning, I was like, Tiff, I just have come to a point where as much as I appreciate white guys and I love them. I'm married to one. It's my family, my friends. I just don't want to hear any more of them give business advice. I am only interested in taking business advice from women, people of color, preferably women of color. Like I just, I'm, I'm in a chapter where like, I need to learn a different way. And the people I see doing this are women. And, and I'm not trying to make a blanket statement because there are some really awesome white guys that I really respect who do business differently, but they are like the vast minority. And right now I'm like really only listening, you know, for this chapter, I'm like, this woman over here is doing things totally different in her business. I'm going to like subscribe to her emails. I'm really curious this woman over here is doing some really cool stuff and is really refreshing. So I think that's a big part of it. It's like, just because someone has a million followers on Instagram or a top 10 podcast in the world doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to vibe with how they do business. It doesn't mean it's bad, but over time, I think your intuition knows. And I think it's so important. And right now my intuition all about women of color and how they're doing business differently and how they're nourishing and teaching people. Like it's all about community and relationship and self-care. That's how we actually create good stuff. And so it's been pretty timely for me recently. I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I mean that like that ties into the whole self-worth thing, right? Honoring yourself and what calls to you. Um, I just remember that like growing up there used to be this stigma against like taking naps or sleeping too long yes like getting like eight hours of sleep and like for me I was like I need that to function so because people make you feel like you're lazy or something right and it's like now you hear studies sleep is so crucial for your mental health and your health and overall well-being well yeah duh um but you know I think everybody just needs to listen to themselves. Some people are a type personalities and they need to go, 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 go and burn the midnight oil. And other people just need to go a different route. So I, I think, you know, it's very dope and awesome that you're listening to yourself and, and, and sticking to what feels right for you. Um, and I really love your tip about the the buddy call. That is a really, really good tip and I am sure the listeners are going to love it as well so do you have any plans for the future or how you see your your how you want your business to grow or is there any sort of other work you'd love to get into in the future yeah I have taken the last six months during the COVID hibernation winter as I'm calling it I really was like just at home that was how my husband and I did the pandemic like I really 
took a beat. Let me, you know, listen, let me research and let me check in. Like, what do I want the next 10, 20 years of my business to look at, look like? And so I did a lot of research on my industry, which I think is a good idea for anyone. I work in the podcast industry. So it was a pretty big year for podcasting. A lot happened. There was a lot of really exciting updates. So I read a ton. I researched a ton. And then I also looked at like all the jobs, like what are people in my industry doing? Because I wanted to understand where I fit into like the bigger world of podcasting as it's kind of becoming more mainstream. And over several months, <laughs> I'll reiterate, this was not an overnight process. I was able to kind of layer by layer figure out like, you know what you're really good at, Christine, within podcasting? You're really good at helping individuals create podcasts that allow them to own their worth and share their voice, but more importantly, that let them own like what they're here to do. Podcasting is kind of a unique space, as you know. Jimmy and I are like preaching to each other's choirs. But if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a fan of podcasting and you've probably noticed it's very intimate. It's not on social media and it's long form, meaning you don't have to like cut it down to little 30, 15 second TikTok videos. So I've for a very long time been obsessed with it because I'm like something really magical happens in this medium that's very different than social media. It's even different than video because when you don't have a camera or film to look at, you you're able to sort of interact with it differently. So I took all this like research. I took all these trend forecasts. I thought a lot about my whole career. And I was like, you know what you're really good at, Christine, is helping people not only own their worth through their voice and through the medium of podcasting, but helping them realize like the impact they can create when they do that. So I just these last few months have been building for the first time ever. I've never done this. I've always done kind of private one-on-one client work. I've been building out training programs to teach anyone how to not only create and produce their own podcast, but also like business owners to be able to empower their teams to create shows for their brands. Because, you know, in my humble opinion, every everyone can have a podcast, just like everyone can have an Instagram account or a TikTok account or whatever. And every brand should have a podcast because they're such powerful educational opportunities. So that's what I'm up to in this next chapter. I'm kind of shifting from you know, producer for hire to teacher and trainer to teach people how to do this for themselves and how to do it on like, not that you need to do this on your own. It's a good amount of work, but that you and your team or you and a friend or whoever wants to be involved can feel empowered to use this medium, to share your voice, to share your work, to teach, to train, to connect, to tell stories, and so I'm so excited just this summer for the first time where I'm launching like a beginner's boot camp. I have team training programs and kind of, you know, different offerings for wherever you may be at. But this to me is like the next step. And I'm so excited because I've realized like all these years of experiences have been so amazing. It's time for me to share them. It's time for me to empower other people and lift them and say, you have this in you. Yeah, it's a new skill. Sure, there's a learning curve. I'm right there with you. Don't worry. I know how to do this. Like, let me teach you. But like, you've got it in you. And I think the more that we can share our perspective, our words, our work with the world, the more we'll learn to own our worth. And that to me is the goal. Yay, that's so exciting. One thing I loved about, um, well, this is, maybe I shouldn't say loved, but one of the good things that came out of 
like being stuck in the house because of COVID was so many people got to be more creative and really think and come up with new ideas. So I, I love that you came up with this during the lockdown. And I, I think it sounds awesome. Ah, thank you. I'm truly excited. So <laughs> honestly, like what I am right now is wide open to feedback. Like I'm just hungry for what people need, what questions they have. I, like I said, I co-host a podcast where my friend and I teach people the basics, but um, if people want more and they're like, no, I'd actually love to have a coach while I do my podcast, like that's what I'm offering. So. Awesome. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation and you know that this is called a word to the wise. So final words of wisdom to the listeners, and it could be about self-worth, what we've been talking about this whole time or something completely different, but just something that a saying that you kind of keep in the back of your head as you kind of go through your day to day. Hmm. I was going to say that the tagline I always use in my Worthful Project podcast is always remember you are already always full of worth. And I also want to share kind of one of my absolute favorite quotes that really is kind of my like baseline that kind of carries me through. Um, I believe it's attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson, the writer. Um, and he said, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you into something else is the greatest accomplishment. And that's just been kind of like the baseline for me. I heard it when I was in a yoga class way back in 2014, when I was still working the corporate job. And it literally felt like the heavens had opened and like a bolt of like sunshine had like descended on me in the yoga studio. <laughs> and I've never forgotten. I like wrote it on a slip of paper. I pinned it on my cubicle wall. So that's kind of been my, my go-to for the last several years. And um, I just share that with the hope that if that resonates with you right now, if you've been feeling the pressures of the world trying to make you into something else, um, remember that being yourself is the greatest accomplishment. And that's something we can work on every day. Mm, mic drop. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at worthfulchristine. And you can find me at christinebaird.com, which will take you to all the stuff I'm doing with boot camps and trainings and podcasts. And you can find it all there. Thank you so much, Christine. This was amazing. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Christine. If you're interested in finding more about Christine and learning more about the work that she does, make sure you check out her website, www.christinebird.com. You can also find that link in the show notes. I will be leaving the handle for her Instagram and Twitter if you're interested in those as well. Till next time, peace and love. Always, always, always. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to rate and review this podcast. And if you're truly loving this podcast, I suggest you follow us on Instagram at a word to the wise pod. Also, if you have any suggestions about episodes or things you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, please feel free to email a word to the wise pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.